What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Friday night. You know, we have March Madness going on. Shout out St. Peter's. But as always, it's a good time to talk some boxing. As always, the drink of the night is some Reka vodka. Yep, I'm drinking a vodka tonic right now. Sipping a drink, enjoying my time. Just getting ready to talk about the big fights coming up. All right, everybody. We have we have a lot of boxing this weekend and honestly next weekend too. But, you know, the real big stories happen about two weeks from now on uh, April 9th. You know, we have a day fight. Uh, just given, well, at least day fight for America. Just given the fact that uh, Triple G is fighting Ryota Murata out in Japan. So this, of course, is going to be a really sick fight for the middleweight division. Um, you know, we've talked about it numerous times. I'm starting to get uh, just a little nervous just listening in on uh, Abel Sanchez, Triple G's former coach, and just others within the media. You know, Triple G's living off reputation. He's obviously one of the most prominent boxers of this generation. But I feel like I haven't been seeing uh, the same fire that I used to, at least in terms of the way people are talking about him leading up to a fight, uh, the content we're seeing uh, from his camp. Maybe that's just given the fact that he's a little older. He wants to stay a little more closer to the vest. He doesn't want to have any distractions. But, you know, it's just one of those things where you see something a little different than you're used to and you start getting a little worried. And Ryota Murata, he's going to be very, very, very on his game. You know, he's fighting in his own backyard. Uh, he's a very talented boxer. He's going to have... His fans, of course, fully behind his back. Um, he's, you know, he's a very talented guy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in that fight. I would expect Triple G to win that fight, probably by unanimous decision. Uh, if he if he pulls out a knockout, that'd be like honestly perfect to set up uh, the eventual uh, Canelo Alvarez fight. It'd be a nice way to like sort of lead in and bring some more expectations on that side at least from a marketing standpoint and you know the way people are talking about both fighters going into the the matchup but at the end of the day i'm predicting a unanimous decision victory just because i think triple g will also naturally be fighting a little more on the cautious side just not wanting to you know risk himself at any point throughout the fight and there's another big fight going on that day. Uh, one, actually, I'm a little more intrigued by. Uh, Ryan Garcia is making his 15-month uh, ring return against Emmanuel Togo. This is going to be a 139-pound catchweight. Of course, Ryan Garcia traditionally fights at the lightweight division of 135. And Ryan Garcia for this fight, like I mentioned, 15 months after his previous bout, will be four pounds higher than that. So why is this significant? Well, it's one of those situations where Ryan Garcia isn't going to have to cut as much weight as he used to. Uh, you know, given the fact that he has, you know, canceled two previous bouts, although one you can't really, well, actually both you can't really put too much blame against him. It's just one of those things where you're going to have a little bit of rust. Um, you have to question where his mentality's at. For example, he canceled a Javier for a tuna fight last year because citing mental health um factors he was uh you know not really feeling himself ready to step in the ring and you know that's honestly big on him for calling that out i'm sure there's plenty of guys out there that probably weren't mentally prepared mentally ready to step in the ring to take on whomever they fought but you know they just kind of went out there and did their job because they thought that that's what you're supposed to do you kind of suck it up quote unquote 
Ryan Garcia didn't do that. He said, look, I'm not ready mentally to fight Javier Fortuna. I'm going to take some time to step away from boxing and collect myself. You know, he got a lot of flack from boxing fans. Uh, I think from those who traditionally are just like, hey, man, like, go out there, do your job. You get paid a lot of money. Um, we want to see you fight these guys. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's a human too. And just because people are making a lot of money doesn't mean that they don't have, uh, you know, to suffer the consequences of mental health issues. And, you know, big ups on him for, for calling that out. And I think it was uh, really important just given the fact that he's promoted by Oscar De La Hoya, who's suffered his own mental health issues in his past, traditionally um, revolving around substance abuse. But, you know, it's just one of those like interesting nuggets of the story. Uh, later on, he canceled about with Jose Joseph uh, Diaz Jr. due to hand surgery. There were a lot of questions within uh, camps around him that were, you know, kind of a little wary on how bad the actual injury was. Some people said it was one of those situations where he just needed to sit aside and didn't necessarily need to cancel the fight. Um, you know, oftentimes we'll see people stop fights for the moment and then circle back and take them on once they're physically fit. No, he just canceled it straight out. So, you know, that was just another opportunity where people were able to look at that and say, look, like, I don't know if this guy's fully mentally in the game. And uh, to double down on that factor was Canelo Alvarez's coach, Eddie Reynoso, who also used to coach Ryan Garcia. Them having a little spat with Ryan Garcia with a he said, he said sort of situation where Ryan Garcia is saying, look, look, Eddie Reynoso doesn't have any time for me. He's not dedicating himself to training me as a coach, not putting me in the best situation to win, not putting me in the best situation to get better. You have Eddie Reynoso's side. Honestly, Eddie Reynoso didn't really have to say anything, didn't really say anything. He just kind of, you know, did his little all right deuces, gave a look and just kept it moving. Whereas Canel Alvarez, his main guy, is pretty much saying, look, Ryan Garcia is not committed to the sport of boxing. He shows up sometimes. He doesn't show up. He shows up late. He leaves early. He doesn't take boxing seriously, so on and so forth. Said plenty of things that, honestly, I'm not too surprised by, just given how much of a social media presence Ryan Garcia has been in his young career. Um... Not to say that people can't be professional and also be social media stars, but when I see people, you know, heavily on social media and then there's rumors about their dedication to their craft, I'm not the most surprised. You know, you start looking at other sports and think of guys like Antonio Brown, um, Juju Smith-Schuster, two guys huge on social media. They've had questions about their dedication to the sport, but you know, that we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Like I think Ryan Garcia is fully ready for this fight. I think we're gonna see someone who's rusty that will definitely not be ready to come in and uh, assuming victory, be ready to fight uh, the upper echelon of the 135 pound division. But I think we'll see someone who kind of tests himself a little bit, maybe mixes it, mixes it up a little more than he's uh, traditionally used to kind of not be scared to throw some punches and you know kind of take one on the chin and just see where he's at mentally see where he's at physically and see where he's at once he gets hit in the face for the first time in over a year so we'll see what happens with that fight i'm really looking forward to it both of these are going to be under zone so if you don't already have a subscription get that shit now because uh, you don't want to miss out the following week we have another big fight errol spence jr and Gordanas ugas this is going to be for three of the four belts in the welterweight division 
And honestly, I'm going to say that I'm kind of disappointed with the promotion so far. I feel like for a fight of this magnitude and for someone like Ugas who had his career-defining victory against Manny Pacquiao, I feel like you'd expect to see a little more noise and you know a little more excitement. Maybe have both of these guys like on Fox Sports for like a month leading up to this fight. And I haven't really seen that noise. I haven't really heard any interviews. Um, Errol Spence Jr., ever since his car crash, he's continued to be uh, more on the quiet side, more on the reserve side. Even when Crawford was calling him out, kind of said one-liner here and there, but didn't really go at him. I'm kind of a little disappointed with that, but you know we'll see. We'll see how he, he enters in that ring. We'll see how Ugas enters in that ring. I'm fully expecting Ugas to come out there, fully intending on winning this fight. I feel like he looked at Errol Spence's last fight, and he saw some holes in his game. I think he wants to test his chin. I think he wants to test him to the body. Errol Spence is mentally still dealing with the fact that he was in a horrific car crash and you know is lucky to have survived. And Ugas... You know, he came out there, defeated Manny Pacquiao, and everyone told him he had no chance. And, uh, you know, he's going to go out there and he's really going to test himself. And honestly, that might not be the worst thing if he ends up winning that fight because an Ugas versus Crawford fight would be pretty sick. Of course, everyone wants to see Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, but uh, while I go off on this tangent a little bit, I'm not really sure if and, yeah, honestly, if. I'm not, I can't even say when. I'm not even sure if we'll see that fight. Honestly, I would be down to see Terrence Crawford maybe fight uh, Ennis, you know, just one more fight at welterweight division and then just say deuces and go to 154. Fight the eventual winner between uh, Brian Castano and Jamel Charlo. I think that'd be a sick fight. I would hope Jamel Charlo would win because Jamel Charlo versus Terrence Crawford would be a fucking sick legacy fight. And honestly, it'd be... Uh, for both sides, you can make cool storylines. So say Terrence Crawford wins that fight, that'd be another title, fourth division. It'd be two out of four that would have been undisputed. It, w- it would honestly just cap off his legacy, cap off his, his great career. Now, you look on Jermel Charlo's side. If he ends up getting that fight and wins against Terrence Crawford, then you're talking about him being the ultimate antithesis to his brother jamal charlo someone who is kind of skated by off reputation hasn't really challenged himself to the extent that uh, jamal charlo has continuously challenged himself and if that fight goes down and he ends up winning that fight like i think it would head and shoulders put him away as not the charlo brothers he'd be the charlo and jamal jamal charlo would then be the other um, you know, I'm not really looking forward to uh, Jamal Charlo's fight. Can't remember when that's uh, happening. Honestly, I'm not even sure if they even announced it. I just know he's uh, fighting that Polish dude. No disrespect. Sorry for missing the name. But, you know, when you have a guy that has been, not, I wouldn't say rumored. I wouldn't even give him the respect of saying rumored. Some guy who's been in the airwaves talking about a Triple G, talking about a Canelo, talking about a Murata even, talking about... Uh, Andre, when you're talking about all these people and all these opportunities and all these sick fights and none of them go down like sorry if I don't respect when you're fighting someone who's not even ranked top 10 but um, anyway the week after that we're gonna have uh, Tyson Fury and Dillian White 
That's gonna be a pretty nice fight, just given the fact that Tyson Fury, every time he steps in the ring, you have to watch. He is honestly really fucking amazing, and I'm getting a little tired of the narrative that because he's fighting in this era, that he's not one of the all-time greats. At the end of the day, this is a sport where people are fighting. They're punching each other, they're trying to avoid getting punched. Uh, They either come at you brawler style, they come at you with skills, come at you with some mix, maybe are really good. Uh, lower body with the footwork maybe they're good around the waist and like evading punches maybe they're good with their upper shoulders honestly maybe they suck at defense and they just come at you heavy-handedly but regardless of the fact anyone could fight from any um era and i'm getting a little tired of that narrative because tyson fury is a bad motherfucker and Dillian white he's you know he's he's been due for this opportunity he's a good fighter and honestly, I'm I'm excited to see it for him. Like I, I'm excited for him. I'm tired of hearing Eddie Hearn having to, to you know vouch for this guy. Of course, that's his job. But you know, there's a lot of other big fighters under that banner that I want to hear more attention from. So we'll see what happens. Tyson Fury is rumored to you know kind of retire after this fight. Um, I'm expecting one of the if he does retire, I'm expecting one of those like Floyd Mayweather retirements where it's uh yeah but not really um i'll come back 12 months later maybe even a little less than that maybe a little more but nothing longer than like 16 months nothing longer than nothing shorter than say like eight nine months i think that's the most likely scenario because you know i think he's going to want to fight for that undisputed before he retires and uh, i don't think he'll be able to handle it if he walks away and doesn't go for that opportunity Speaking of that potential undisputed, um, Usyk has been uh, the Ukrainian heavyweight boxer with three three championship belts. For those who are unaware, Alexander Usyk has been granted permission to, you know, leave the country to prepare for that fight against Anthony Joshua. I don't know if it's actually fully signed yet, just given the fact that it was it had to have been, it had to be put on pause due to the Russia Ukraine uh, conflict um, and Usyk's involvement being on uh you know what you would call the the front lines uh supporting his country so given that he was granted the opportunity to you know train for this fight we'll see one if it actually happens two if it happens as originally scheduled and three if he's going to be mentally checked in um i have no doubt in my mind that he would be mentally checked in I i see him as a consummate professional you know he is very talented from the amateur ranks very qualified uh of course he's uh, a champion in two weight classes undisputed at cruiserweight three out of four belts at heavyweight i think he'll be fully ready and i'm honestly hoping that he wins rather easily so that way we could eventually set up a tyson fury and alexander Usyk fight and then after that of course you know leading up into may of course we got canelo and bivol we're not going to talk too much of that because i've talked about it endlessly i will say uh one thing about this is i'm starting to get a little nervous it's around that time uh about a month and a half out where i'm just not to say like i'm worried but you know you start to read different things and uh honestly nothing is factually based and nothing is even uh strong storyline based it's just one of those things where i'm like look like this guy is actually really good and uh, i need to not forget that so we'll we'll see how how that fight goes down i think the first couple rounds of that fight will be giving canelo alvarez a little trouble but you know we'll see what happens at the end of the day 
off to the UFC for a minute. Man, remember last time we were talking about that Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal fight? Well, of course, Colby Covington won that fight, and he did so in a fashion that some would say was rather boring. Um, I guess you can say it was boring based off the fact that both men entered the cage stating that they were going to basically kill each other, and that's not what we saw. Um, Not what we saw at all. But the reason it circulates back in the airwaves is because, of course, as you all have probably heard by now, uh, last week, Colby Covington was enjoying a nice dinner and a nice night in Miami. He was leaving with some friends, and someone came up to him, sucker punched him a few times, roughed him up, and actually fractured his teeth. And that person who was eventually arrested for that was Jorge Masvidal. Um, A lot of people in the industry are really clowning Masvidal right now. They're saying, one, it's really cheap, but two, you essentially told on yourself uh, that (laughs) you were the one who did this. And not that that's the thing that we should be focusing on, because at at the end of the day, this is something that no one should do. You should not attack someone without their knowledge, and frankly, you should not attack someone on the street at all, especially when your hands are registered as weapons, even if the guy is also has his hand registered as weapons. This is not something you should do. This is not the type of behavior you should conduct yourself with. You know, you had 25 minutes to settle this inside the cage, and you didn't. Not only did you not do it in a fashion that you said you would, you lost, um, you know, take it like a man, pack up, get ready for that next fight and move on with your career. You know, you, and by you, I mean, Jorge Masvidal, you had an opportunity to fight, uh, Conor McGregor, just given that you've lost your last three fights, although you still have a very big following, Conor McGregor's coming off an injury. That's a fight that you could still make and make an argument and people would still tune in. It's similar to what a Tony Ferguson Conor McGregor fight would be, just given but Tony Ferguson's recent slide. It's the f- same thing with uh, Nate Diaz, although that one's a little different because they have an extended history with two prior fights. This opportunity that you potentially could have had is, I would say, gone because, <laughs> I mean, unless I'm missing something, you're pretty fucking guilty. So I don't know. I think at the very least, the UFC would have to even if they don't punish you outwardly, would just not sign you on for that type of fight. I don't know. We'll see what happens over there. Like, I don't want to speculate too further, just given the fact that we don't have that much information about it. All we know is that it's rumored to have happened. He's the one who got arrested for this, and uh, we'll see what other information comes out. Tomorrow we have Curtis Blades returning to the cage. You know, this is a must-win victory. He's fighting Chris Dacus. And, uh, yeah, if Curtis Blades wants to fight for a heavyweight title at some point, um, even if he does win, I don't think uh, he will be fighting for a heavyweight title in the near or distant future. But if he wants to at least keep himself in consideration and put himself out there to stay on the top of the rankings, he's going to have to win this fight. It's going to be pretty tough for him, um, you know, just given his last showing. But, you know, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Um, that's more of just one of those situations where it's, it's a little interesting, but you know, people are clearly looking forward to the following week with UFC 273. You know, this is going to be a sick card. One of these, one of these types of cards where it's just like, damn, like any of these top three fights, you could mix and match and put them as a headliner, get the same amount of buys, no matter what, 
You have a Gilbert Burns and a Kazmat Shemaev fighting. Kazmat Shemaev is making a humongous leap in terms of the talent that he's facing. And uh, Gilbert Burns is really sticking his neck out there. You know, no one has wanted to fight Kazmat. And Gilbert Burns is saying, fuck it, I got this guy. Gilbert Burns is going to be really tough because uh, he's a very talented fighter, um, really good on the ground. He's one of those guys that also has like some heavy hands and, uh, you know, kind of likes to lean back and like play off his defense. Whereas Cosma, equally good on the, on the floor and with his hands and is just simply a bad motherfucker. And I'm looking forward to this fight. If Cosma wins this fight, no doubt in my mind you're going to see uh, Kamaru Usman, Kazma Shemeyev within the next nine months. No doubt in my mind. And there shouldn't be any doubt in anyone's mind because if he wins that fight against Gilbert Burns, he immediately goes to the top of the rankings and that'd be a sick fucking fight. The other fight, which is the co-main event, Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. This is going to be cool because a lot of people will... Before I get into what a lot of people are saying, it was one of those fights the first time when they fought that was more on the controversial side. Uh, Peter Yan got disqualified. Uh, Aljamain Sterling was, you know, clearly losing, just to say it respectfully. And uh, he ended up walking away with the belt because of that disqualification. So people were, one, disappointed, but two, have just been waiting for this rematch because they want to see how Yan enters the ring. They want to see how Aljamain enters the ring. You know, one of those situations where you kind of won something that you didn't quote-unquote deserve. They wanted to see how he would come in mentally. Of course, he suffered an injury, and, uh, you know, that took him out for a while, but we're finally going to see that rematch, and it's going to be really exciting. I'm fully expecting Peter Yan to win, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good fight. And, of course, that main event, Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. It's going to be a sick fight, man. And uh, Volkanovski, one of the top fighters in the UFC. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a heavy favorite entering this bout. The Korean Zombie is a guy who's been around for a while. Highly respected. You know, fan favorite. Um, one of those guys that a lot of people within the UFC call as their favorite fighter. Um, it's like one of those situations in basketball where you have, like, a Jason Williams, a Jason Terry, um... Let's see who else. Who am I forgetting? Uh, oh, Michael Beasley. You know, your favorite Hooper's favorite Hooper. That's your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity. And I'm fully expecting it to be a nice and exciting fight. We have a lot of sick stuff coming up on both sides. And, um, you know, it's just really interesting, man. It's really fucking interesting. You know, I feel like both sports are in a good spot right now. And it's in one of those situations uh, where it doesn't even fucking matter who's in the fight anymore. Like People people can look at any card and be like, oh, there's something sick there. And uh, I want to tune into that. And that's just like a good place to be. I feel like earlier um, in the past, I would say 10 to 12 years, like there's just a lot of talk. Or maybe it was just hyper felt because of uh, the lack of social media. Um, it's just one of those situations where you have like, you know, a barbershop talk or talk with your friends that, you know, boxing was just kind of in a place where it's just, you know, slowly dying. Uh, people aren't tuning in anymore. Fuck that. Shit's looking great. And uh, we have some amazing fights. One other fight that I want to touch on, though, is, uh, of course, Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor. 
this is going to be fucking amazing, man. And I absolutely can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. You know, of course, I live in Brooklyn, New York. So the fact that this fight is coming to the city, it's going to be sick. I'm looking forward to it. I'm obviously tuning in. Um, You know, I'm back in Amanda Serrano. You know, I hope she walks out with that victory, walks out with a fat check and sets up another legacy defining fight going on after that. We have a lot of big things, man. We got a lot of big things. I would like to say that this year, honestly, the way it's been going, one of the best years in boxing we've seen in a minute. Just given the the way fights are almost setting themselves up and, you know, people are setting out those uh, contingency contracts where it's like, if I win this fight and you win this fight, we'll, we'll meet up. The fact that we're getting so many of those is honestly just making it a little better and getting people more excited for the fights that, are happening and not really focusing so much on the fights that didn't happen i would say for the past two three years we've been hearing people complain about uh deontay wilder not fighting uh anthony joshua tyson fury not fighting an anthony joshua and errol spence not fighting a terence crawford so on and so forth of course people still complain about that and rightfully slow but it's not that situation where that's the sole focus anymore no we have some good shit going on and uh i'm really excited man i'm really really excited All right, everyone, let's go out and enjoy our weekends, and uh, we'll tune in next time on The Bad Promoter. As always, thanks for listening. Always keep up with TheBadPromoter.com and follow us on socials at The Bad Promoter.